0: Yo, yo, what's up, everybody? It's Cynthia Sam here. Welcome to Unleash the Man Within. Thank you guys so much for listening. Today, I sit down with a new friend of mine, Benjamin Owen, who is a professional coach and is the founder of Awakened Man. Uh, He provides coaching services. He has a business partner that uh, he runs a podcast with. And they have a really special emphasis on helping people fight and win the battle against your inner enemy. That's right. Your inner enemy. Now, you and I know, uh, if you come from a Christian belief system, uh, we know that there is a real enemy out there who is warring against our souls, who basically hates us and wants to see us fail, and will do everything he can to detract us from the plans and purposes of God in our lives. One of the things I've observed is that the enemy actually um, sometimes he will just plant a seed. And then we, not, not realizing it's the enemy, we actually grow and multiply that seed within us. And that's kind of where this inner enemy thing comes into play. We're talking about believing lies. We're talking about uh, being self-critical or, or your inner critic. We're talking today about self-sabotage, the things that, that it's not the enemy um, per se, but maybe it was initiated by him. Uh, maybe it is a derivative of some of his tactics. That's what we're focusing on today. And I think it's going to really help you, especially the stuff about self-sabotage. Now, one disclaimer for this episode is that Benjamin um, is of a different religious belief or um, I believe he's a little bit more agnostic. And occasionally we don't mind bringing on guests who have different faith beliefs because I think it's actually good to get that exposure um, because it actually allows you to solidify the things you do believe. That's always how I feel when I encounter people who have different beliefs than me is it actually helps me um, better understand my own beliefs. And um, again, I think you have to be careful with the, the regularity that you do it with. But um, in this case with Ben, he's bringing a lot of value. And I trust you guys as a mature audience to be able to discern through maybe some of the different spiritual beliefs that he upholds uh, that might not be totally aligned with what what you or I believe. Um, he also has a, a really cool um, website called the innerenemy.com and at innerenemy.com, you can actually listen to a mini podcast series he put together that specifically helps you go through this stuff. So we'll get into all of that, Um, but this is a really robust interview. Ben's very chill, very laid back, and I think you're really gonna enjoy it. So without further ado, here's my interview with Ben Owen. So here's the million dollar question. How are men like us who work hard, have good motives and a God-given purpose supposed to fulfill the calling on our lives and the dreams in our hearts all while establishing sexual integrity thriving relationships and a meaningful connection with God? That is the question and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Sathia Sam. Welcome to Unleash the Man Within. Perfect. Well, I'm here with my new friend Ben Owen of Awakened
1: Man. Uh bro, it's a it's a pleasure to have you here. Man, I'm so stoked to be on the podcast. I've followed your work now for I think it's a couple of months. And I just love what you put out on in social media. I think you're speaking to I wish I would have found you when I was deep in my struggle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I kind of I think I uh, I overcame the struggle. And then I found you, but it's quite serendipitous. Here. So you, know, you, you speak about men changing their life in a, in a way that I've never seen before. So I just want to acknowledge that. Thank you, Sathya. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, it, it is funny how many people
0: say that they, you know, I mean, obviously, we get a lot of support on the page. But then tons of people who are like, man, I wish I wish I would have known earlier because uh yeah, obviously what, what we are doing is is a little bit different and I think it could help a lot of people. But that's why I wanted to connect with you because you are helping a lot of people as well. You have an incredible message and the one thing I appreciate about what I've seen in your work is that you know how to talk to guys specifically and you and I both know part of that just comes with time. Obviously, it helps when you are a guy. But I think the people who really stand out in the different you know arenas that are serving men Really have found a way to to communicate in a way that male brain can just kind of latch on. Maybe before we jump too far into your stuff, because uh, we have a whole bunch of things we're going to cover today that are, are going to be really helpful for the audience. Tell us a bit about your story, man, and why are you so passionate about serving men in the first place?
1: Yeah, um, thank you, man. Uh, well, I've always had this massive force for growth. I've you know whatever I've done i've been very fortunate i've done it well uh, you know i had an, an elite athletics career track and field i started a boot camp uh i, I loved money early on it, it, money saved me from you know the, the 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 dark parts of life early in my 20s just loved making money loved helping people i started off in professional sport and as much as it was well paid it was glamorous I didn't get the kick back in terms of my soul. You know, I wasn't having it. It wasn't really helping me uh, satisfy some of the things that I wanted to in my life. And Mm. and I just, I think what happened was I I, quite early on in my career, like 2021, I was already starting to sit with people and listen to them about some of the struggles and challenges they had with personal transformation. Mm. And I came from a you know quite an elitist background, and Mm. what I noticed that people were really like really genuinely wanted to move forwards. And I, I used to just c- come to, you know, even body transformation thinking, why can't you just do this? Why can't you just lose weight? This is easy. You know, cause I looked yeah. down and I'd already been skinny and lean. Why can't you just change? And I was, you know, I was quite lucky cause I was quite smart as well. And just worked out that there was these people that were really, really trying and failing. And they were spending an enormous amount of money on personal training eat on like nutritionists to try and transform their body, but they weren't getting the results. Mm. And I was freaking fascinated why why someone could be that determined yet sit, still have um, so many struggles around something. And mm. yeah, so like that was a big part of my early part of my career. I was coaching. I didn't even know it was called coaching at that point. I was just sitting <laughs> with people in a con like very similar to your office there. I just hired an office, I would sit with people, talk around the nutrition and the body, and I'd just be prescribing exercise, fitness, uh, food, and it was just a really interesting journey, because I was very, very fortunate that I was the only person doing it in my local area, I came from a very small town in North Wales, and yeah, it just, it really filled me up, I was very impactful very early on, Hmm. but... This meant I was getting a lot of success. I was getting like loads of personal success. The business was like a quote-unquote overnight success. I yeah. went from leaving my full-time lecturing job, where I was lecturing in strength and conditioning, to opening a boot camp, and it went like th- three to five thousand pounds a month, which was like when I was twenty-two. That was an enormous amount of money to be just oh, making yeah. overnight. You know, and only <laughs> w- only working in the morning, and then. I, I just did some really dumb shit with that money <laughs> I just you know I just I just went and spent it on all sorts of stupid things you know I was obviously self-sabotaging at that point in my life and I just didn't know I just didn't know I, but at the same time I did secure an incredible education with coaches and mentors really early on but mm. there was a pattern that started emerging it was like a five like a three- year pattern in my relationship because, and I, you know, having therapy in my 30s, I realized that that was the same as my mother. You know, she'd have a partner for three years and then she'd shift. Mm. And then um, th- that's what would happen in my, in my life. I would have a relationship for three years. I, it would be going well or, you know, okay. Then I would do something stupid to sabotage it. And then, you know, in line with what the listeners are probably coming to this podcast in, I would, I'd often numb with pornography, drugs, alcohol, not so much the 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 pain the emotional pain is just my unmet needs and unmet desires in those relationships yeah so I was kind of having this dip and trough all the way through my 20s and yeah I just did, I didn't see that until probably I reached my 30s and it was the biggest one of all
0: yeah yeah if you don't mind me asking what were some of those unmet needs that you uncovered when you start to dig a bit more
1: um I think that The unmet needs were just speaking about my, my sexual desires with some partners. Um, It was about uh, not looking after myself. I was so, I was so good at like pushing myself really hard, but I was so intense and so wound up all the time. I think that I was just not very good at uh, looking after myself, slowing down, taking Mm. time with things. And the way that manifested is, it's, I was I a was very heady. I was like a very heady guy. I wasn't very good at feeling, mm. and I'd almost like become immune to, uh, you know. I, even when I started the my men's work journey when I was thirty, I said uh, you know, the, the psychotherapist asked me like, "When was the last time you cried?" And I was like, 20s. <laughs> wow. <laughs> my, my, maybe maybe my teens. I I was like so stiff." Um, and I was like, that was what was coming up for me. And and I realized that so many men have the same issue. They're very heady. They're very stiff. They're yeah. very, they can't express their emotion. There's nowhere safe to talk about these sort of things. I couldn't speak to my family because they, I think they would worry about me. And equally, I, I didn't want to talk. I didn't have the skill set to talk to my partners openly about this either.
0: Yeah. I have a lot of friends from the UK. We, we were talking about this in a previous call. And. When we have had conversations around this, it sounds very similar to Canadian culture as well, which is that you don't really, especially as a guy, you don't really share what's going on within. You're kind of taught at a pretty young age, either directly or indirectly, that you suppress that stuff, you tough it out. And there is something to be said about like a strong man who keeps his composure and everything else. But obviously, generally, it's too far, right? And we don't get a chance to really explore any of that. What what was it like for you when you're talking to a therapist, you're connecting some of the dots of your upbringing, your relationship with your mom? Um, like, was this something that you just kind of embraced arms wide open? Were you hesitant going into it? How did you start to open up and I guess, you know, uh, welcome yourself to some feedback in this area of your life?
1: Yeah, good good question. I uh, <laughs> It's funny, you, you mentioned the British culture. Just I can't think, we, we can't like kind of go past that. British British guys, I'm Welsh. Not you know, my dad's um Welsh speaking, the culture, the the lineage of guys, you did not speak about emotions, nor did right. you ever go to a psychotherapist. Like, that's just like that is not what you do. It's that's it's very it is very much a cultural thing as well. Um, yeah. and so um it was seen as a sign of weakness, you would not talk about your emotions. So going into to that process was really difficult. But I'll tell you a quick story is that I was standing in the shower one day with my head against the glass and my, my head was pounding and I had a headache and I'm, I'm a really healthy guy and I had a headache and I was like this isn't right I've had this headache now for about two or three days it's something not right and I was just so tight with my jaw mm. I had so much pent-up anger and you know often I would use like you know uh, masturbation just to kind of get out of my head you know like guys use you know pornography just to kind of get a release, mm. and. And I was like, I'm so angry. I'm so wound up. There was so many things that I wasn't expressing that I was just so tight. And anyway, it's so it was quite serendipitous that one of my friends who worked in professional sport, he he was like, worked in world rugby. He said, "I'm listening. I'm doing a men's retreat. Do you want to come?" And I and I said, "Yeah, I've, I've got to do something about what's going on. I'm I'm just in, not in a good place." And I sat in a circle of men for for seven days, like seven days and shared stuff that I never thought men t- talked about. I was fricking blown away. <laughs> I, and then that was, f- that for me was like, this is, I need, I needed that I, it saved my life. You know, I really yeah. do believe it saved my life. And that was just the snow globe, almost like the snow globe being sh- shaken, all this stuff came up. And then I went searching for a men's group afterwards. I went searching for uh, some, a guide, I, I, I wanted a men's group i tried to find men's groups it wasn't full of guys that were my guys hmm. they weren't talking about business or money they were often yoga pant wearing counterculture guys i love those guys yeah they're just not my guys to talk about business with yeah right <laughs> you, know? <Fair. laughs> you know you know and um and i just remember thing. and i just want to find my tribe and um i got a i got a really great mentor um a guy called Yasin and he just he started mentoring me. He's also a trained psychotherapist, but he do, he was my mentor and he said, you need to go mm. and get a psychotherapist. Mm. And um, and I went and got a psychotherapist and equally we I did a lot of healing. And then one day I said, listen, I said, I said to you, see, and I said, I'm going to get back into coaching because I paused coaching for a while. I don't want to be influencing other people when I was in a, in a dark place myself. And then I just decided like to, to create my own group where people could come to. and, what was really nice was that it was during the pandemic guys were disconnected yeah secretly not talking about the things that they were really you know uh, struggling with like pornography like sex like money like relationships and i just took a stand and i said listen i'm i'm struggling with these things i'm trying to connect a group of guys and that's how we we started and it was just kind of it was everything i needed at the time yeah and yeah
0: that's amazing, man. and i i I like that you've um through your own experiences, you've kind of discovered that importance of community and finding your tribe as you kind of state it. Uh, I think it's super valuable. i'm I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about the challenges that you have observed because you you mentioned that that started during the pandemic, but prior to that, you still had a career in coaching. so you've been doing this for a while now. What are some of the things that you see come up again and again when people are trying to undergo a transformation process because our audience is you know primarily trying to eliminate pornography addiction or some kind of sexual misbehavior that has this sort of grip in its life um and they are encountering some obstacles and i have to imagine that some of the things we witness in our clientele are are pretty similar what are some of the things you're observing in your guys um
1: exactly that you know impulse-based behavior Hmm. and and um I was I you know I'm a big reader and I came across the work of a guy called Phil Stutz. Um so you'll know Phil Stutz if you watched the Netflix documentary Stutz. He's like Jonah Hill, Gwyneth Paltrow, oh, yes. Phoenix, like he's Yes, a, yes, yes. Yeah, and I just like I I read the talk this book called The Tools and I was like super interested. I was like this is just like everything that I wanted to learn between to tread the line between psychotherapy and coaching. Hmm. And I read the book and, and it it wasn't actually reading the first book that, that really made me realize what was going on. It was that I I reached out to the authors, and this is something I honestly I, I do with all the books I read. I always reach out to the author and say, listen, I've read, read your book. Um thank you so much. And and Barry, his co-author, Barry Michaels, who's kind of you know Jay-Z's uh, therapist or Gwyneth Paltrow's therapist. He actually got back in touch with me. He said, "Hey, thank you so much for the message. I really appreciate that." Um, and I said, "Listen, can you come on and and teach my guys some stuff?" And he he agreed. Like wow. Then, apparently, that's like unheard of. Like he never says no to those kind of gigs. But for something happened in that moment that he said yes. He came onto the call that day and he taught us about the single part X, and part X, and and obviously you you've got the the religious background, and I've seen this kind of parallel in different um guises across self-development for you it's like my opinion all self-development comes from the bible you know it's like Mm, it's all comes it's all that's it's where it originates so it's all different stories from uh, the original stories and it's like this part x part of us that is there to i don't know if i can swear or not um oh yeah that's that's all right man go for it yeah yeah it's 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 there to yeah, and and it made and I was like, he was literally talk about this narrative about what I'd been through. Every time I had this big force for growth, I would be moving forward in my life. I would be met by part X. Okay. And this concept, you know, you, you probably got a different version. You probably def- talk about it in a, in a similar way. Was like it was everywhere in my life. I could see it. I was like, oh my god, because like he was talking about this part of us that we we absolutely need to fight. Hmm. And I was like, what are you telling me? Because I, I never bought into that narrative before. I was like, surely there's not this part of us that they're, that's, that's willingfully trying to destruct our lives. And he's like, yeah, we'll think about it. And I was like, look back at my 20s. And I was like, yeah, I can see that. I really can. And so an observation in myself and every single man and woman who I've ever worked with who's been successful, because they've got their this big force for growth, they've got this equal and opposing force for destruction and mm. the way that Barry explained it on the call really did make sense because i'm i'm a scientist I, i'm I, i'm working on my faith and my religion and my i'm a spirituality but i'm a scientist by by training and i and it was like think of newton's third law for every force there's an equal and opposing force right and i was like that makes so much freaking sense i was like oh my gosh so if i'm a guy I've got this huge drive to change the world. I'm going to be met by this resistance. And my job is to fight that every single freaking day. Mm. And that really spoke to me and I was like this is it. This is the work. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. That and it uh, I mean yeah, I think through a through a Christian lens like it, it would be like good and evil, it'd be God and the devil. And mm. um you know, for us those are more than concepts. Like those are those are spiritual realities. But I think it um, the the parallels are very similar. Like I definitely see what you're talking about there. Uh, one of the things that you and I talked about off camera was self-sabotage and how often we witness that. You even shared about it in your own story. And to be honest, I've experienced it in my own recovery journey and even in the growth of Deep Clean, there's things where I've been self-sabotaging in very covert ways where it's like I'm not actually sabotaging, I'm just kind of limiting my growth or playing it safe or, you know, whatever, and man it is really annoying like it gets super <laughs> frustrating uh i wonder if you can talk about it maybe we'll just start with like the basics like what is self-sabotage for somebody who maybe hears that and is wondering do i experience that myself
1: yeah um so so i was sitting on a mentoring call one day with my mentor and he said bend self sabotage and i was like no no i don't how can I be self-sabotaging? I'm willingly trying to move forward in my life. And he said, no, 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 right. you're missing my point. Like you just said there, <laughs> I want to grow. I want to move forward. And he said, Ben, you, miss, you self-sabotage. There's things that you do and there's things that you don't do in crucial moments. And he said, and for example, we had, uh, I know you've had him on your podcast, Robert Glover. Yes. Um, Robert Glover. Robert Glover was coming on our podcast. Like really awesome experience. I was super excited. I got the day wrong. I got the date and I think I even got the time wrong. And it was a moment that was like a real, like there was going to be so much value for him coming on our podcast. And I got it wrong. And I was like deeply shit in ashamed. I felt so, and it wasn't the first time that had happened. Hmm. Then that was that there's been multiple times in my businesses where in crucial moments, I've needed to pay attention to some detail. And instead of slowing down and getting it correct, I've sped up and just moved through it that's like a that's a that's a symptom of self-sabotage and like not paying attention to crucial elements of detail
0: hmm.
1: And I was like, oh man that that was like and I was like, yeah, I can see that And it wasn't because it was a pattern i I saw it and there was it's not what you do' it was like sometimes i I thought, oh I must be doing something to self-sabotage it's what you don't do. It's what you, it's it's what, yeah, it's like what you miss out. So, so if you're listening to this and you're thinking to yourself, hang on a second, I don't self-sabotage, but then there's been an opportunity where you know that you could have fulfilled a, 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 you know, promotion or an opportunity to stand on stage and you willingly said no, because you know, it's going to push you forward into growth and change that is also self-sabotage on a on a, on a much more uh, on a broad level uh, and what I've seen with clients they sometimes they're given opportunities and all of a sudden they make huge excuses reasons why and it's all it's all self-sabotage
0: yeah yeah that's and I think everybody listening to this can relate to it um as you're talking about it, you actually reminded me of an experience I had earlier this year. I, had, I don't know if you know who Candace Owens is, but she's a very uh, vocal uh, young black woman, um, has a really popular show on The Daily Wire, uh, which is like, you know, playing platformers, Ben Shapiro, Jordan Peterson, some of those people. Um, so she reached out. She wanted to do an interview. And I was like, you know, it's the opportunity of a lifetime. I got so excited. I replied right away, like, yes, I want to do it. And as soon as I hit um, yes or, you know, sent the message, I, I felt like knots in my stomach, like, what if I screw it up? I'm not ready for this. (laughs) You know, like all of that, like all that stuff surfaced and nothing really materialized from it. They actually wound up interviewing one of my colleagues for the episode instead. And she did an amazing job and there was no hard feelings there. But I just remember having that reflection of like, man, I, I actually wasn't like it actually exposed that there was stuff in me that was not ready for that opportunity that I clearly need to work through so that the next time an opportunity like that comes, I'm like, jumping on it not because it's a great opportunity but actually because i feel like i deserve it and i can handle it and i think there's something to really be said for that because it it does it does take time and and for people who are hearing this and saying oh crap i i do struggle with self-sabotage and uh you know they maybe maybe that feels like a black pit it's not the case at all i think i think actually if we can identify it there are learning opportunities you know there are chances for us to get better and to improve um how how did you overcome sabotage in your life when when you were starting to realize oh wow i do have this pattern and uh why am i doing it what what were some of your steps to actually break out of it
1: yeah oh, <laughs> it's quite funny that's that, like um i didn't even realize until this like i even when i was told by you seen like you know you should check out some self-sabotage books and i read through them and i was like mm, do i really do that but then i having really gone into part X, you know, like when I obviously that I started this this study, like self-study process of like looking at different books. I read the great The Big Leap by um oh what's his name? Um The Big Leap. It came to me the 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 name of the book. Um okay. the the chimp paradox the you know the the um the coming gay alive Hendrix? But, gay Hendrix yeah exactly yeah, yeah gay Hendrix. And they all talked about this upper limit issue, this upper limit paradox, where if someone gets to their upper limit, then all of a sudden they start kicking in with behaviors and habits. Now, what helped me first is first of all, acknowledging that it was an issue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like a, yeah. with anything that, that you've got as a pattern in your life, it's like, hey, this is a real big issue for me. And then getting really, really slow with what that looked like. Now, yeah. what I'm going to give you if you're listening, is some of the ways to spot the the ways that Part X does its work, and and this was what helped me see this inner enemy, this self saboteur working, and to spot that when it comes up, and and I, so I started spotting that I had powerful, um, literally like powerful uh, impulses to go and do things in moments where I needed to be focused.
0: Hmm.
1: Uh, jerking off. Um, I've I've got a really important VSL to create in my business where I'm I've got to be super focused and I get this huge impulse to scroll. And therefore, I'm scrolling, uh, my attention's been fractured. Part X is one. I haven't moved forwards. Hmm. I turn around, I look at my, my watch. And it's 20 to the hour. I haven't got an hour to do the whole thing. Oh, I'll just go make a cup of tea and I'll just try again tomorrow. And that was a pattern. And it's right. so, it's so subtle. You know, it, I think you, know, you could probably speak more to so like the devil does it does its work in, in mysterious and subtle ways. Yes. And and I, and I think it was even, um, I can't remember who said this, but it was like the, the best way to control a man is to fracture his attention to tiny little pieces. Mm, wow uh, Yeah, like if you want to control a man Get his attention fracture it into tiny little pieces And he's never going to have the potency to move forward And I was like, mine was pornography It was like, you know, I didn't see it as a problem I just thought, you know, going on it every day Was just, you know, just what guys did But what it was The 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 more um, Subtle issue Was that I wasn't doing my work Yeah where I was And that was one of the ways that I saw myself. I was like, Oh, I I didn't see that as an impulse. I didn't see that as a problem. I didn't see that as a a way of sabotaging myself. I just saw it as a thing I did. And when I linked those together, I was like, Oh, right. Okay. So powerful impulses without scrolling, going to eat in, you know, um, making cup of tea. That's like a, a, a big one was being on time as well. I would just, I would be two minutes before a Zoom call and I'd go and make a cup of tea, which I knew that took three minutes. And what that would do, it would degrade my reputation. You know, I'd be yeah. late onto every single client call. This wasn't, you know, an ongoing thing, but um, so that's the first thing is, is impulse. That's like, a, it's a real big weapon of your inner saboteur in the way I've learned about it. Mm. Um, yep. The second one is a victim narrative. That you that life is unfair, and the way that I experience this personally, and I know obviously I've seen this in clients as well, is that they hang on to these negative emotions. So I'll be doing the dishes, and I'll just start having this conversation with myself about how my partner or my business partners or someone in my life has pissed me off. But then I'll just become more and more angry and pissed off. And create a state which I'm never going to be able to do work in afterwards. I'm never mm. going to be optimal to move forward in my life. If I do that, then part X is one. The inner saboteur is one. If I think about this, the is like if I can create a state where you're angry, you're bitter, you're twisted, you've got some narratives about people you love, or if I can keep you in that state, there's no way that you're going to go and serve in, a, in an optimal way, in a way that you you know best. So it That's pays so for me to to create that state because if you stay in that state, you won't move forward in your life, and you stay the same and safe. And I and I just like, I could see that I'd be doing the dishes and I'd be like, and then after like ten minutes, I realized like, oh my god, I've just been super angry about this old event or. And then when I learned that that was another weapon of my inner saboteur, I was like, oh my God, it's like, how often do I do that?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So the victim narrative is a really interesting one because I think, I think, the that's the that's probably the one that my audience hears a lot because we talk about that quite a bit and it's so easy in the case of porn addiction it's so easy to blame the industry and the internet and oh you know all my buddies that watch it and encourage it it's so easy to transfer that responsibility and you know you end up leaving yourself stuck but i really do like what you said earlier about some of those little micro behaviors that are so normal (laughs) And they're so small that you could think that could never actually be the cause of the problem. And I, and I, I, I resonate with that. Like, yeah, I got two minutes left. I'm going to go quickly start this thing. Um, I, I read a book by, uh, I'm, I'm trying to remember his name, Dan Martel. Uh, it's called Buy Back Your Time. And really life-changing for me. I just read it a few months ago. And he talked in the middle of his book, he, he shared about how most entrepreneurs have an addiction to chaos. <laughs> and and so a lot of his clients, he'll talk about how like they start implementing strategies, they start getting their time back, their life is like peaceful and calm. And then he'll get a, a text from them like, "Hey Dan, I can't make our coaching call next week. I'm going on vacation for six weeks." Um, mm. And like they just they're so addicted to chaos that if they can't find chaos in the business, they'll create it somewhere else. And yeah. I I feel like with porn addiction or even just some of the you know some of the things that you're talking your guys through. It, it we are so unfamiliar with the lack of sabotage that even if we could reach a place without it if we didn't know how to defend it and protect that state we would just as quickly fall back into sabotage in a new way cuz that's so much more familiar so i'm i'm curious for you ben like and and the clients you're working with um you're you're talking them through you know these micro habits you're helping them break down the victim narrative and really take ownership and responsibility again When they start to get momentum, are are there things that someone can do to prevent the the onset of self-sabotage? Because that place is so familiar. I know for me, even like with the buy back your time stuff, like I've had I'm I'm having like weeks where it's like, man, I crushed it, I'm getting my time back, I'm not being addicted to the chaos. And then I have other weeks where I'm like, shoot, I just fell back into all those habits, didn't even realize it until the end of the week. And you have to kind of adjust. Are there things that you're helping your clients do that keep them on track and maybe prevent some of those relapses?
1: Yeah, um, that's a really good question because um, it's a daily fight, right? And and I and I think this is something that I noticed when because we all have this uh, feeling of utopia that we're we're going to somehow be exonerated from the struggle. Mm. I tell you what, I will I will fix this behavior. In one area, it's like whack a mole. You know, like you, <laughs> yeah. you fix it, and and I, actually, this is something I talked to to Kristen, uh, who is my mentor from the Tools Group, and I said to her, "Listen, like, am I ever going to be free from part X? Like, is this is this something that?" And she said, "No." She said mm-hmm. that as as you grow, it grows. So, mm-hmm. and and this is something that Phil Stutz says in the documentary. And if you listen to the Stutz documentary, it's amazing. He said this: there's, there's three constants in life. It's pain uncertainty and constant work wow and and that for me when i because i followed his work for you know quite a few years and when he said that in the documentary it kind of really hit me in a different way i was like i've been searching for this like narrative where and i think i did this in my 20s i studied a lot of positive psychology thinking one day i'll just be in this utopian feeling where i'm just all (laughs) flowy and like (laughs) let go of everything i I, I don't know if you felt the same as like you know if i study enough self-development then one day i'm not going to feel these 100 percent. yeah and i think guys we do this we're like one day i'm going to be somehow exonerated from feeling these and and i you know your scenes taught me this is that you're never going to be exonerated from the struggle. You're going to be in this forever. So yeah. and they talk about the myth of Sisyphus, um, about this idea that every single day the boulder is back at the bottom of the hill. And that it's just because it's a daily effort, it doesn't mean it's a futile effort. And every time you roll the boulder up the hill, you're getting stronger. And and this is what, because I, I was still trying to work out, like, why would we have this part X? Why would we, why would, you know, God, why would uh, whoever put this part of us inside, what's it there for? And this is where it all came together. And this is only recently I've worked this out as well, is it's there for us to, to gain mental strength. It's mm. there for us to be tested every single day And ask ourselves the question, am I going to get in the fight today? Am I going to work against all that? Am I going to work against the resistance or am I going to let the resistance overcome me?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And so it's like this inner sparring partner. As I get stronger, it gets stronger. He gets stronger. So, and because it it kind of, another thing about watching some very, very successful men struggle with this part X, but it's coming out in different ways. And what happened was it, it's just if if people like Jonah Hill, s- superstars, like NFL footballers, football players, if they are at mercy to the, you know, parts of them that are going to self-sabotage, it's like, well, they've got all the success, they've got all the money, mm-hmm. they've got all the fame. And and I asked, I asked Barry after, you know, I got, had a meeting with Barry and I said, can I just ask you something? You work with a lot of famous people. And I said to him, like, how come these people are not exonerated? He said these people have worse dealings oh, with their part, part X than ever. And I was like, this makes so much sense. And he also said, fame is not a good, is not good for the human condition. And I was like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> so yeah. yeah. but, but <laughs> um, So really kind of it, bring, it brought it full circle and it was like, right. Okay. I'm in this struggle for life. I have to recommit every day. I have to be vigilant. I have to be mindful. and, and there's a, there's a couple of tools that I can share with, with your listeners, just some real basic ones as Please. they, cause this might be really resonating with you if you're listening in and you're like, well, how do I actually overcome it? The first thing is noticing it. Uh, I don't know if you do on, in your, in your program is that you label things. You start like noticing. That's I, like, literally
0: the first pillar of a recovery process. If we call it self-awareness, but yeah, same idea.
1: Amazing. Okay. So. Um, I knew we'd have so many parallels. You know, it is like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's, it's just labeling it, label, label, label. It's like, and you realize it's running the show a lot of the time, and it, but then what the, the, there's two things is, is, is rage and ridicule. Hmm. Now I would have never have thought about this as like, how do you, how do you overcome a part of you that's so vicious and mean and, and like, you know, it's, it's weaponizing your struggles and challenges because part this is part X's narrative is like, um, hey, hey, Sophia, go and go and jerk off. Go on, it's okay. It's only once. It's, you know, you'll you can start tomorrow. It's like yeah. the kind of the devil in your ear kind of description.
0: Now come 100%. on, just go on. And...
1: Yeah, and then it's the same part of you as soon as you've finished the act. You are so disgusting. I can't believe you did that again. You you know you are right. such a freaking failure. You never stick to your word. Oh, you're always putting things off and it, it it's the same with food it's the same with relationships it's the same with finances and so what you've got to do is you've got to notice that coming up and and then bring this part of you with with either rage which is where you actually tell this part of you to to you know like i can see you and see what you're doing so mm-hmm. that is where you actually have to teach guys to learn to just really embody their this inner rage in, in the tools, they call it cosmic rage. Um, we're not going to go into the kind of the step-by-step tool, but what I I always see it as is this part, this external part of me, like professor Snape or a kind of external, you know, part Mm -hmm. of me that's giving me a hard time. And like, and also I'll I'll just like see my phone and I'll throw my phone. I'll be like, fuck off. You know, I can see what's going on here. Yeah. And that, and that's rage. So you use the emotion rage to, to, to force it away the the other method is ridicule and this is my more favored method is like ah i caught you i got you you know it's like when you're playing if if sithira and i were playing um pool together and you snookered me and you got me a shot i was like ah dude you got me you you know (laughs) um you got me i i can't get out of this one it's noticing that narrative coming up and and saying ah you've got me pinned here you've you've had me in this hole for 10 minutes 10 20 minutes i can see what you're doing here and that for me has been more profound it's been more helpful i'm like mm-hmm. ah just being like i've just been a victim for 20 minutes or a day <laughs> or a week or you know and and um and what I've noticed in myself and, and clients is that we I one client in particular, when we started working together, he would be a victim for six months. Hmm. Then it was like three months, hmm. and then it was like a week, and then it was a day. And now he'll he'll text me, dude. I turned my victim narrative round literally in 20 minutes today. Come on. And I'm like, like that was like, and, and do you get what I mean? So so that's yeah. that's the progress. And I was like. And he too is using like, ah, I caught you. You know, he calls it part F, Um, (laughs) you know, F being the first letter of his name. But it's like, and that for me was a big, big win for a client to see doing that. So what I'm sharing with you, if you're listening is like, is noticing it, ringing rage where you're just telling it to fuck off because it's not doing you any, you know, it's not helping you at all. Yeah. Or ridic- ridicule and you might have seen this in the the Harry Potter films where you kind of see them confronting their fears and they say uh, ridiculous. You know, I don't know if you're a big right. Harry Potter fan. I, I, <laughs> I don't follow.
0: I don't follow it much, but I I pick up pieces. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, it's and you know um, J.K. Rowling's super super smart. She knows like, the, but there is a lot of psychology in in Harry Potter. But it's just yes. in the face of this big fear or this big. Um, problem in your life is you just like ah ridiculous this is ridiculous you know so that was yeah and i've just noticed these subtle shifts where i'm back online real quick now and yeah same with the clients
0: that's really cool it's funny uh it's reminding me of uh there's a there's a portion of scripture in the new testament and it talks about jesus being tempted in the wilderness i know you mentioned that you referenced the bible i'm not sure i'm familiar with some of these aspects of it but uh, he basically, he's he fasts for 40 days and the devil tempts him, tempts him three different times. And if you look at the way Jesus, Jesus basically has like the perfect response, even though the devil's very cunning and very tempting. And, you know, he basically like is trying to tempt him to get power, to get you know, f- food because he's super hungry. He was fasting for 40 days. Um, and all that's kind of what the temptations center around. But if I look at Jesus's response, there is both, both of those are at play. There's, there's a ridicule part of it where it's kind of like, um, that's ridiculous and like kind of brushing it off like stupid enemy. And there's also this rage of like, what's the matter with you? <laughs> like, what's your problem? Like, why are you doing this? You know? And, um, and it's really, really cool to see those parallels because I think, uh, again, even though you're maybe not coming from that kind of faith-based perspective, uh, even though my, my audience would, would definitely be able to hear exactly what you're saying, let me ask you for yourself, for this client who was able to, like he can now pinpoint it, like he's become so sensitive to it that he detects it right away, he nips it in the bud, and then he can move on. What's on the other side? So when somebody does really start to, you know, master their their temptations or their allures to self-sabotage. They're not giving in. They're, they're really moving forward. Uh, I, I like what you said earlier. I think there's no such thing as this ever going away, even though there's a part of our brains that would love that. We would love the absence of, you know, the resistance and the conflict. <laughs> but that is how we get better, right? Like without the resistance or conflict, how could we ever improve or get better? I love that. So I guess obviously there's just a built-in, Look, as you get better at this, you're gonna get greater opportunities. That is gonna mean some greater challenges along the way as well. What are other things that you start to observe in your clients when they're really starting to nip self-sabotage in the bud? What other areas are are impacted or what kind of improvements do they observe?
1: Yeah. Um the what what ultimately we were trying to do is move into forward motion. Like we're, we're looking to get momentum. And yes. like you know you, you know yourself. When you are experiencing momentum in your relationship and you you're experiencing momentum in your business, small, seemingly small challenges just get knocked out of the way. Like they don't stop you. Like when you're when you're when you're taking like what I call snakes and when you're playing a game of snakes and ladders, you're going up a up a ladder, down a snake, you just feel like you're getting nowhere. Yeah. And What I feel happens is that when you get momentum, you start to blast through these challenges so much easier, and and this is something I've noticed is that guys are not necessarily taking bigger actions; they're just more consistent. Mm. And if you look Mm. at guys who are good at running, who are great in the gym, who are great in business, they're always the guys who just consistently show up every day. They command their state, and they just do the work. Yeah. And and I think that's the 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 very unsexy truth of it all yeah. is that is that when when guys are you know they're constantly trying and failing and then licking their wounds for three days, a week, a month, they're never really getting into that what I call big mo big momentum where just every day, little one percent wins every single day, then all of a sudden you turn around, you look at your quarter and you're like holy shit, we, we did really good. You know, we did really well. Yeah. And, and I think that's the unsexy truth of it. They, there's nothing. It means that they have more productive days. They string together five very productive days and have a productive week. And then all of a sudden they turn around over a couple of months, a couple of, and a year. And they're like, wow, I'm in a such a different place. That's, that's a big, that's the big observation. And then the second thing is they just have way more harmonious relationships because they themselves aren't this victim who's constantly at war with the world because they're yeah. at war with themselves. Yeah. And I think that was for me, like I I spent a a ridiculous amount of money on self-development in my 20s, but because I was creating my life as a victim and I was so, you know, I was at mercy to this part X so often I didn't even realize I didn't really achieve that much in terms of the exponential shift compared to the exponential spend. You know, I was like, <laughs> I spent a lot of money, but I I didn't cre- create the necessary results relative. You know, I did really well, but not, you know, like like I was in some amazing masterminds. You'd see these guys have these inflection curves. Yeah. And what were they really doing? They just commanded the state every day. They got the, the work done every day. They showed up every day. They didn't get in their own way. And then I would every three to four weeks have something drama, have some drama or have something go wrong or focus on something like some shiny object. And yeah. then, so yeah, I think that's the, the main difference, especially with guys anyway.
0: Yeah, for sure. that That's the one thing we teach in recovery is nothing is more valuable than momentum. Like you have to protect at all costs. And, the the people that understand this the most are the people that have had momentum and then lost it, right? Because <laughs> we all like we just hate that feeling so much. There's nothing. There's nothing like it. Um, man, I I feel like there's so many other things we could have talked about, but I'm aware of our time here. Um, can you talk a little bit about you have a really cool thing uh, like theinnerenemy.com or, or maybe it's innerenemy.com? Can you just tell people about it because that's a resource that I would love my audience to go check out.
1: Oh, thank you, bro. Um yeah so so we 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 know um you know, I love podcasting. Uh, I've listened to so many podcasts and I wanted to create a a transformational experience because what I feel sometimes we we get into a podcast and we we listen to different variations, different conversations. and I wanted to give people who 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 enjoyed this conversation just a, a mile deep experience into how to to literally spot, overcome, and battle your inner enemy. and it's mm-hmm. totally free. It's totally free, and it's in really small chunks, like 15 to 20-minute episodes, and we cover a different aspect on every single podcast. There's seven of them. And so if you've listened to this and you've enjoyed the the conversation about overcoming self-sabotage, we've created a free resource called innerenemy.com, and it's the seven-part audio series. And we give you some stuff to... like. There's a free workbook on there. And just walking through that, you'll just get a really, really good insight into what self-sabotage is, how you can overcome it. And just, I think like awareness is the first point of change and just equipping yourself with the the narrative because sometimes it's just hearing what I've said and saying, oh my God, I do that. I make a cup of tea right before I'm going to go on a Zoom call. I didn't know that was like, there's obviously things in, in when you listen to Sadia, you know, it's like um, you didn't realize that were the symptoms of a porn addiction and you heard him say it like i've listened to your podcast i was like oh my god yeah i remember doing that (laughs) 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 and i was like and i was like oh my gosh that's why i wish i would have have found you earlier but it's like oh my god i thought that i i talked that i said those things and i think that if you've seen some of the symptoms that we've talked about on today's podcast um we go in there a mile deep and Mm. you know it's really powerful so yeah i'd love you to check that out and uh yeah just thank you so much for for having me on the podcast i've really enjoyed the conversation i think we could uh well i'm going to invite Sethia to come back on ours and yeah really really grateful for the conversation
0: yeah likewise man i'm glad we've connected i love what you guys are doing with awakened man uh so you got a new a new fan a new friend here and um that that podcast miniseries is really brilliant as well. I'm I'm I've been very inspired by that, and I'm looking to do something similar myself. So we'll put links in the show notes to all that. In the meantime, Ben, thanks so much for your time today, bro. Thank you, brother. Okay, well there you have it. Uh, link is in the show notes. Go to innerenemy.com if you want to check out check out that podcast series. Uh, I I think that's actually pretty brilliant. You know, you guys are used to listening to podcasts. If you've been subscribing to this one. And so for him to just basically take his best stuff, put it in a mini series that you can get access to free of charge is pretty flipping incredible. It's innerenemy.com, innerenemy.com, and uh, I highly recommend you guys go and check it out. And if maybe this episode made you aware of how much your inner enemy or maybe the enemy himself is at play in your life causing you to stumble falling into sexual cycles and, and and cycles that you can't break out of no matter how hard you try well maybe you actually need something that's a bit more focused on getting to the roots of the problem uh that's what we basically have found is that when men are solely fixated on trying to change their behavior it usually uh yields little results but when guys are actually focused on getting to the roots of the issue god does incredible things and breakthrough is just a matter of time and if that's you, um, then you might want to check out what we're doing here. Our program is called Deep Clean. Uh, we basically give you uh, our, our system for getting to the roots of the issue, uh, a thriving community of men pursuing freedom just like you. And we give you a designated coach who meets with you one-on-one on a regular basis and also runs a group of you guys. So you literally just get the whole you know kit and caboodle. And um, and really, it is, uh, it is the most comprehensive solution on the market that we've seen for resolving the root issues of porn and masturbation. So if that's something you're interested in, you can book a time or with somebody on our team. We would love to speak with you. Uh, if you can't find a, a time, if there's nothing available, uh, then just send us an email. There's a link there for you um, that you can click on. In the event that you can't book a time, uh, you can send us an email, and we'll make sure we set something up because we we do want everyone on our podcast audience to get a fair shot at these calls. And sometimes it doesn't happen, so uh, so let us know if it's uh, if it's full. Okay. So the link's in the show notes. You can book a time. In the meantime much love to you guys thank you so much for listening have an amazing day we'll talk soon bye-bye hey everybody it's Thea again thanks for listening to unleash the man within i wanted to take a quick moment to let you know about a free ebook that i wrote for you called the ultimate guide to porn recovery it provides a basic framework for the recovery process and a few of my top tips completely free of charge you can get it now at www.ultimaterecoveryguide That's www.ultimaterecoveryguide.com. Now, if you've been impacted by the podcast and you want to show some support in less than 60 seconds, there are three ways you can do that. First, you can leave a rating or review on your podcast platform. This lets people like you know that the content here is valuable. Secondly, you can share this episode with someone in your life that might benefit from the content.